Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, here with co-host Aaron Keller, and today we are lucky enough to have Volunteer of the Month, Game Warden Reserve Lieutenant Jim Kozajenski with us, and we are so happy to have you here. Um, We were just saying 10 years with the Reserve Game Warden program, so... um, cause as we all so affectionately know you um do you want to explain what the reserve program is absolutely thank you ashley the uh the reserve game warden program was started about 10 years ago what it is it's provide post-commissioned part-time volunteer manpower to assist the full-time game wardens in the protection management enforcement of fish and game laws our primary mission is fish and wildlife but we enforce all fish and game laws regardless uh and you got to be post-certified. It has to still be good for five years. That's how long your post-certification lasts for. Uh, then once you decide you want to be part of the team, uh, we'll do a background check-in, just like if you were a full-timer, the whole nine yards, and then get you on board as soon as we can. So it's a great program. I've been doing it for 10 years. Uh, I'm bowing out the end of uh, December 31st uh, as law enforcement. I'm getting older, so a lot more things are hurting aches and pains and everything else so it's harder to wear the gun belt but it's a great program and i'm still going to be around as a ems trainer for the department that's my goal uh we'll talk more about that later but the reserve game road program is a huge success for the department i think yeah it really has been a huge success and as i mentioned you were last month's volunteer of the month you're so busy it took us a month to get you in here um and is i guess so you're headed out End of December, you said? Correct. So where where do you see the program going? Uh, I hope it still takes off. I know we got some uh, uh, leadership changes here coming up here shortly, but uh, the program was designed to help the full-time wardens alleviate any events that they cannot man. We could be there in place of them, uh, a double peace officer in a marked unit when need be, uh, just an extra set of ha- uh, hands uh, with the full-time warden I think it'll be still around. I hope it does. Uh, it's taken many years to get it up to the standards that we created for the program. Uh, and regardless what happens, I'll still be around to help guide it in the right direction if uh, leadership or any uh, anybody wants help where to see it's going to go in the future, hopefully. Is there anything you'd want to tell new reserve game wardens coming in? Any words of wisdom or encouragement? Uh, be prepared, guys. And girls, it's it's a lot. You got to commit yourself to 16 hours a month, roughly, if you can. Uh, you still have to meet all the same peace officer standards as a full-time peace officer, without the pay and obviously without the benefits. But the huge th- thing about the program is I've been to places in the state of Nevada in the past 10 years on unit watches, patrol. Uh, is amazing out there. Nevada's got some of the most amazing wildlife and amazing scenery I've ever seen uh, in my law enforcement career. It's a huge, it's a huge part of who I am now, and that's why I'm a big advocate of pushing the reserve game warden for the future. And that's one thing I wanted to ask is, I mean, as we've said, you've been here ten years now. That has had a be a very fulfilling role that you've played for the department. 
it has Ashley, and it's it's a matter of balance. So like any other volunteer program, you have to balance out what you do at home with your family, your spouse. Then you have to balance out if you're if you're working part time or full time still as a reserve game warden, which we've had some individuals come on board over the years and they've been working. So it's a matter of trying to balance everything out and commit yourself to a weekend patrol, weekend unit watch, a camp out, uh, especially towards the end of the year when obviously we're very busy with hunting, uh, especially on the eastern side of the state with Elko, uh, Ely area. We're very busy over there. So, I mean, the commitment it will always be there, but it's going to be up to the individual, if they're interested, to apply and then we can balance out where you want to go, like any other volunteer group slash organization. It's a, it's a huge win for the department. I almost want to backtrack, too, just to your history and how you got started as a game warden reserve, along with some of your favorite. I mean, you've had to have a lot of good memories as a game warden reserve. So I want to get into like, so how let's go back 10 years. How did you end up as a game warden reserve for the department? Oh, well, 10 years ago, we, uh, I retired from the sheriff's office at the time as a sergeant, and then I approached, approached an individual that worked here on a part-time, full-time basis, and uh, we were kind of interested. We loved the idea of having reserve game wardens because you got to love law enforcement and love the outdoors. So we encompassed those two things into one program, and we, it took about a year and some change to get through all the red tape uh, just trying to sell it to leadership at the time, the benefits uh, and how it, the whole program would work. There, there were some hiccups along the way, but by the time we got there 12 months later, 14 months later, uh, we got sworn in. It was a huge, like, deep breath. It's like, okay, it's over. We're on board. Now we have to prove ourselves how the reserve program works. And I, I felt within the last 10 years for the amount of hours, the money we saved for the department and the state of Nevada has been a huge win. So... Where we've been 10 years ago to where we're at now is amazing because of the travel, the people I've met, how the program started. And every time I'm on the road, people are always asking me, hey, I heard you're a reserve. How do I get on board? Especially if they're retired military or if they're retired law enforcement or current law enforcement. So it's an amazing how it's evolved in the past 10 years in the direction where we've been. I was going to say, I mean, it's completely evolved. You were part of its start, and I feel like you're just worthy of more than even volunteer of the month. <laughs> it's like volunteer of the last 10 years. What have some of your best uh, memories been? Well, some of the unit watches were amazing. We did one uh, out in Midas a few years ago, which is uh, 18 miles off of Midas Road up by Jack Creek Mountain. That was an amazing because up, up in there – it's, it's a very rural, smaller area part of Nevada, and that was amazing people we met, amazing scenery. Another great one I'm, I'm a big advocate of. I love it up by Wild Horse. It's north of Elko off State Route 225. And the camp out that we did for the four to five days up there, the, the sportsmen, the hunters we met, setting up the trailer, uh, camping at night, having some drinks, socializing with people that come over to our camp. It, it was one of the better unit watches we've done. We've done Denio uh, next to the Oregon border. And also we did uh, Tonopah a couple times out there for Jim Butler days, which is amazing an event. I mean, I love that event also. We did shed antler enforcement on the east side of the state up by Northern Idaho, living out of a hotel for a couple days. That was another, uh, very cold, actually it was a lot of snow, very uh, 
memorable experience because of the deep snow. We had the uh, snow machines up there at the time. But a lot of these is amazing because in a reserve capacity, I'm doing the same thing as a full-time game warden side-by-side and getting the same experiences that they're getting. If anything, I do it for the scenery and the people that I meet out there. It's an amazing, amazing program that we started here. It's, it's crazy how it's all worked out for the past 10 years. It is crazy. I When I talk to you, I just think of you as a game warden because the way you talk, you really are getting that experience that game wardens get. So, Aaron. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit about what the unit watches like entail? Are you riding along? Is that the same type of thing? Or are you doing something... Maybe explain a little bit about what the unit watch is. Yeah, the the unit watch is we do both. So depending on how many wardens we have at a unit watch, we'll uh, uh, if we got enough people to man the trailer, we have our volunteers with us. I'll jump in the uh, truck with another full-time game warden. We'll go patrol for eight, nine, ten hours a day in that area. Uh, come back, check in at the trailer, see how everything's going. If everything's going right, we might even go back out for a few more hours around uh, dusk. Uh, but if we don't have enough people, I'll hang out at the trailer. We'll answer questions to sportsmen, hunting, uh, regardless of what's going on in the area, uh, the environment. And, and it's great because at the time we had Captain Brian Eller there, and uh, he was very knowledgeable on the area. We always invite some other game wardens to come out of Vegas. They'd help us for a few days and saturate the area with wardens law enforcement. It was a great way to get the, the word out uh, that OGT's in town, uh, the wardens are in town, and it's it, it was very humbling, actually, a couple times. The hunters and sportsmen were like, wow, this is the first time I've seen a game warden in years up here. So it was it, it was well worth it, in my opinion. And you say OGT. Can you explain how OGT and the Reserve Game Warden Program kind of work together? Sure. OGT, Operation Game Thief, so it's basically, it's like neighborhood watch for wildlife. So any reporting... Uh, that's needed out in the wilderness, they can tell us if they see something suspicious, maybe a poaching incident. We could actually investigate it on scene if possible, which has happened a few times. We'll send a warden and myself will go out and investigate. They suspect maybe there's a poaching incident. And the way it works for the reserve program, being the volunteer wardens with the trailer, will haul the trailer to the site, set it up, break it down, and then return it either to the Elko office or even here to the Reno office, pending uh, on where it needs to be for the next unit watch or event that we had planned out. So, I mean, it's a huge, huge win, again, for the department and the law enforcement division because it's everybody gets to see what we're doing. They get to see the trailer. They get to talk to us. We give them the latest updates if we have the knowledge of the hunting areas that's going on. It, it's a great great effective way tool for the department uh, as law enforcement to get all the knowledge out to the sportsmen and hunters out there yeah i remember talking to you a couple of times when you guys were headed out um and some of them the the trips you were making were just educational right you're just out there as a presence um answering questions uh and answering questions from hunters or people going out and sometimes the biologists would come hang out with you guys and give information to people that were you know seeing deer or not seeing deer or things like that and how uh how rewarding is it to do that just just interact with hunters and people that enjoy the outdoors it's actually quite quite amazing because some of the 
the uh, old-time hunters would come up and say, I've been out here for 50 years and I've never seen this before, whether the trailer or that many wardens in one location. Perfect example is Wild Horse. So, I mean, that's a heavily hunted area, part of the state, and a lot of the uh, hunters and sportsmen that do come up shake our hands, uh, thank us immensely because 999 of the sportsmen and hunters out there are law-abiding great citizens. There's always that 1% out there that wants to think they could pull a fast one and poach and harvest an animal illegally. So, I mean, for us to be there on scene, if something does happen, we could actually dispatch a warden within an hour or so, if not sooner, to possibly where the poaching uh, might have occurred or might have, might have occurred. So, I mean, it's, it's, again, it's another huge win for the department and the LE side. And to get, you know, waving the colors for the department out there in a positive fashion versus a negative is, is a huge, huge win again for the department. Exactly. And we're going to get into this more right after this quick break. You are listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today we're joined by Game Warden Reserve Lieutenant Jim Kozajanski, or cause as everyone knows you as um and before the break you were telling us all about the game warden reserve program along with our operation game thief trailer and this is take this is a lot of your time that you've spent on this but um even more importantly you've you've saved by spending all that time doing all this you've saved the department so could you get into that you brought a whole binder of numbers so, <laughs> so basically the way we save the money is with the reserve program is if we were hypothetically, if we were paid $25 an hour, you know, that come out depending how many hours you work, just like in any other hourly wage. So let me just run down some numbers here, what we've done over the years. One year, let me back up all the way. So like 2012, the first year, so an hourly wage, 73 hours for that year, looks like we saved the department $1,800, you know, then... 2013, we had another savings of $10,000. And this is, take it for granted, this is all hours and miles that I put in. This is just one game warden. At the time, there was two of us. Uh, so this I broke this down to just an hourly wage for one game warden, what the, saves the department. 2015, it looks like we saved $8,100. Let me jump over to here. Let's just jump up to some. 2018, we saved the department twenty. $20,000 and traveled over 713 miles for the department. In 2020, uh, looks like we saved the department roughly around $23,000 and traveled 800-something miles, 810 miles. So, I mean, the cost savings to having a reserve, any reserve game warden or reserve individual volunteering their time, putting the miles in, uh, the hours saved is is huge on the dollar saving sign versus somebody, if I was getting paid, uh, it would be a lot more money where we're going to get the money from to pay the reserve. So this is a huge, again, this is a huge win for the department and the LE side of having a reserve program. 
And how many game warden reserves do we have? Right now, I am the only one. We <laughs> we started off with two ten years ago, and my good friend Jim Gannell at the time had to retire because of health issues. Uh, we've had a few on board. We've had a toll at one time. We had four of us. So obviously, things changed. COVID kicked in. Uh, at one time, also, I had a couple uh, interested individuals from the Vegas. Uh, metro area that were retired wanting to come on board i had a few from the elko side that were retired le's wanted to come and then also in the reno side uh wanted to come on board but obviously covid kicked in and then now we're in this uh, different culture of law enforcement that's kind of why it's hard to find any recruits for a reserve volunteer law enforcement program not just here it's across the nation too so it's a huge it's a huge struggle trying to recruit people yeah, and in the first half, you talked about a lot of your experience and just how great it's been for you. Um, so how where could people who are listening, if they're interested in joining the program, where could get, they go for information? So that's a good question, Ashley. So basically, they can go to the Department of Wildlife website, click on, I think it's OGT, and you'll see a story about... Uh, the Reserve Game Warden program, how to get involved, and the contact information will be at the bottom for Captain Jay Kramer. So just basically go to the internet, go to Endow website, or even Facebook. We'll have a link, goes to the Department of Wildlife, and scroll down, look for a Reserve Game Warden, or hit the search engine and just type in Reserve. It'll pop up. Like you keep saying, as we've been listing everything you've done, you're just like, it's a win. It's a win. It's a win for the department. So awesome program. You are going to be retiring from it end of December. We're all sad, but you're not you're not going anywhere. It sounds like you already have more in store. Um, let's get into Stop the Bleed and exactly what that is. So what I've been doing the past five, six years with the department here is training full-time game wardens and or part-time force on TCCC, which is Tactical Combat Casualty Care. It's basically Stop the Bleed. A little bit different for law enforcement for different applications on how to stop the bleed. That's a different course. But the Stop the Bleed, in general, for the civilian side, which would be anybody in the department in all three regions, biologists, wildlife management, whoever would like to take the class, what it's all about is how to stop life-threatening bleeding, which is basically a tourniquet, application of quick clot, and a dressing. That's all. That's very simple. How to stop the bleed. Stop the bleed was intended, uh, intended years ago to encourage bystanders, civilians to get involved uh, using equipment as in uh, belts, straps. That really doesn't work. I train three-hour class for our department uh, and teach them how to use a tourniquet, how to apply addressing and how to pack a wound it basically gives the individual the empowerment of how to stop the bleed in a life-threatening situation in this crazy times we live in right now absolutely it's a three-hour course you walk away from the course wanting more when i'm when you're done with my course everybody wants more where do i get the training how do i get the training and i don't charge i i do this free to, no charge for anybody because i think this is a huge huge direction of way uh, everything is going with the environment we live in now with active shooters, uh, the craziness that's out there. If you can't have the knowledge, the skills, or the abilities, you're not going to know how to stop the bleed. But well, I will give you the knowledge and the tools of how to stop the bleed in a life-threatening situation. So to clarify, you're going to continue holding this for department staff specifically? Correct. So, yes, I'm working out now with leadership, a current agreement, so after January 1st, 
I'll go around a couple times a year in each region, train the civilian workforce for our department and the commission personnel on how to stop the bleed, how to apply a tourniquet, how to pack a uh, wound, and how to apply a dressing. So it's all free, and, and I'm keeping my credentials up to keep the this, any current information that comes out. Uh, I will go on my own dime, go to that place, whether it's across the, sta- the nation or across the state, get the training and bring back what I have learned and pass it on to everybody. I, I feel this is a huge, huge part of the culture we live in today of how to save someone's life. Yeah, as I, as you were talking about it, I was thinking that how spread out Nevada is. It's this is good. I mean, this is helpful for anyone, not just law enforcement, as far as um, biologists or even myself. You know, being out in the field with um, students or out hunting, and you come across somebody that's you know had an accident of any kind. You know, just to be the first person there, I think would be pretty valuable. Uh, absolutely, Aaron. And you know, a lot of a lot of the questions brought up in my class you know, over the years has been, well, I have a first aid kit. Well, when's the last time you looked at your first aid kit? Was it a lot of the stuff expired, which most of the stuff is, you know, a lot of, a lot of people don't know that everything has an expiration date on it. Usually it's five years, uh, but did they know how to apply it? Do they know how to use it? In the rural counties, I mean, life-saving event can be a matter of putting on a tourniquet, saving the individual's life. Most individuals can bleed out within three to five minutes, depending on the circumstances. Again, everybody's built different, so you may bleed out faster than some individuals that don't. But if you don't have the, the tools on your person or, in say, in your truck, and it's actually working, it's not dry-rotted, it's not falling apart, tourniquets, you know, they're made out of fabric. If you leave them in the sun over the years, they're going to crinkle and be like uh, aluminum foil and falling apart. So it's a matter of, you know, Policing yourself as an individual, okay, look, I got a first aid kit, I got a tourniquet, I got quick clot, I got a dressing. I check it every once once a year, uh, I'm good to go. So for people in the rural counties, absolutely, this is a huge, huge thing because most response times in rural counties could be anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour. So I, I am a big advocate of, yes, everybody in the apartment, please, has to get trained on this. this. You may never need it. It's like CPR. You may never need it. But if you do, be like, oh, you know what? I remember when I went through this training, he said apply this and this. So it's a huge, huge, again, a huge win for all of us people that work for the Department of Wildlife, I feel, in this day day and age of craziness. And so anybody that's – I mean, we have a lot of people that listen that don't work for the department. Is there um, resources or other classes that that we might be able to promote or, or give out some information maybe through our social media or something like that? Absolutely, Aaron. Yeah, you could go to stopthebleed.org uh, or just type in Stop the Bleed. There's numerous websites out there. Uh, there's one through DHS also. You can also uh, sign up for any of these Stop the Bleed classes anywhere in the state. Most uh, Nevada has quite a few instructors across it that actually are instructors for Stop the Bleed. So, yes, feel free. And if not, feel, uh, feel free to shoot us here at uh, Endow where we could pass on a link to you also you know if we don't post it on facebook feel free to reach out to me also uh, i will get you the information because i'm a big advocate of this uh, how to stop life-threatening bleeding well we're happy to have you and happy to have you doing all of these trainings um how long do you think it's going to be before you officially officially retire 
Oh, no, that's an uh, that's an open-ended question. I I think as long as my health is still good because I'm 80% disabled as a veteran with the Air Force, so as long as my health, I will still be a, a very proactive out there. You know, I don't don't want to sit uh, sit around at home and and feel like uh, I'm not doing anything with the remaining part of my life. Yeah, and what you're doing is especially important work. So, any final words of wisdom before we end this and wrap this up? Well, if you've got any questions, feel free to reach out to us at uh, Endow on the social media side. And if you guys got any questions, have anything I talked about today, whether it's a reserve program or even Stop the Bleed, again, reach out to us, and I will definitely be more than happy to give you the information uh, for any future endeavors you guys pursue. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you, everyone, for listening. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild. again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.